0: This is Bloomberg Business Week from I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast. This is where we give you an in depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. And this week we talked with Alicia Yoon of Peach and Lily. It's all about the Korean skincare craze.
1: Right. And I love how she started her company. It was really a passion project for sure, Mm -hmm. based on some experiences she had back in her native South Korea, really bringing it to market. And as you say, really catching a hot trend.
0: So we're here with Alicia Yoon, she is the founder of Peach and Lily and first of all Alicia, for our audience, you're a small business, you're a growing business, but tell us exactly what business you're at.
2: Yeah, so the business Peach and Lily, we're an e-commerce destination as well as a distributor to third-party retailers and we also have our own brands, Peach Slices and Peach and Lily and all of these products are sourced and created from South Korea.
0: Well, let's let's get into that because all right, as Jason said, this is an interview made just for you. I mean, I like my creams and lotions and potions and all that stuff, but I've noticed <laughs> a growing trend where a lot of cosmetics and skincare in particular is coming out of South Korea. What is particular about what's going on in South Korea that's really captured everybody's imagination and fascination?
2: So, what's really interesting is South Korea is one of the most competitive Beauty industries, and it's really driven by how demanding consumers are there when it comes to their skincare. So, skincare in the US might not be something that you're talking about all of the time, whereas in Korea, skincare is really seen as a form of self care. So, when you're a tiny toddler learning how to brush your teeth, you're also learning how to do your skincare. So, there's so much knowledge about skincare, and therefore, the consumers really push companies and brands to produce some of the best skincare products available in the global industry. And so it's a very competitive market with incredible innovation and one of the most high-tech beauty R&D countries in the world.
1: So, Alicia, the market is big, but it is competitive. Tell Mm -hmm. us how you decided to break into this and sort of the early wins and, and maybe some of the early challenges.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I started Peach and Elite in 2012. And, you know, going back a little bit in time, I had actually studied as an esthetician in Korea where I grew up. And I fell in love with skincare. And since then, for really the last 20 years, I've been given... I've been giving facials to friends and families nights and weekends, and in 2012, I was a consultant at the time, and one of my clients was a big global beauty brand, and a cosmetic chemist stopped me and shared with me, you know, Korea has some of the most scientifically advanced formulas, and that was so exciting for me, and at the same time, I was bewildered. We live in this globalized world, and yet these super advanced skincare products were not available stateside, You know in 2012 and so you know that was literally the impetus to start peach and lily where i thought when it comes to skincare people want products that truly work and give you these big big results that push boundaries and curating the best of the best korean beauty products from from korea so curating the best of the korean beauty products and bringing that stateside that was the mission so that people could be all the more empowered in their skincare journey
0: Listen, we're Bloomberg, we'd love to throw some numbers. I mean, we're talking about South Korea exporting about $2.6 billion in skincare products annually. A big part of that market is the United States. But what's interesting, Alicia, about what you're doing, because I kind of get confused a little bit when there's so many different consumer products to choose from, how do you vet your products? Because from what I understand, you guys take months before you actually accept a product to sell on your website.
2: Yeah, so our curation process is something that we have our curation process is something that we have stood by since day one with zero compromises, and it takes a few months to curate. We talk to the best dermatologists, estheticians, and beauty insiders in Korea to really keep our ear to the ground on what's trending and what we really need to bring stateside. We do consumer shop-alongs, we interview the brands and their cosmetic chemists, and then we also focus group test everything stateside. And so ultimately if we're looking at a list of let's say a hundred brands, only five really make the cut and onto our platform.
1: And so, Alicia, talk to us about getting to your customers. You talked about e-commerce, but I feel mm-hmm. like we're at this moment where people actually they like to shop at stores uh, now and again as well. So how do you get to the customers in the most effective way?
2: Yeah, I, it's really interesting because in beauty, MPD reports, for example, will say that 90% plus consumers still are purchasing their first beauty product from that brand in stores. It's still very touch and feel. So we believe it's super important to be omnichannel. So our direct-to-consumer e-commerce platform is Incredibly important to build that connection with our consumers, but also being accessible and having the products where people love shopping is super important. So, we partner with CVS, we have the largest K Beauty activation there. Um, We distribute to Target. We've launched, uh, we've helped launch Sephora's first K Beauty campaign. We brought QVC. We brought Korean beauty to QVC for the first time. We are across all Barneys doors. We're in all Alta doors and across so many different boutiques and so forth. And so really having this omni-channel, really having this omni-channel distribution, I think is super important, especially when you're introducing an entirely new category to the industry.
0: I think about, Jason and I talked to a lot of investors, venture capitalists, they ultimately though will also get to the point of, and you went to Columbia, you went to Harvard Business School. Tell me a little bit about your financials. I think you had something like $30 million in sales last year. What kind of numbers are we talking about? What kind of growth?
2: Yeah, we're really excited. Last year in 2018, we had $30 million in sales, and we're particularly excited that we actually didn't take on any institutional funding to get there. And um, I know that there's a lot of different ways that you can grow a business. And, you know, I always like to share that growing it organically is actually, you know, a really great option as well, because it actually really encourages you as a whole company to be very data-driven and ROI-driven and be smarter every month to really understand how each investment play that you do in marketing or product development will pay off and keep that business sustainable. And we didn't have to sacrifice on growth rates uh, to, to get there without taking on institutional funding. And we're also really excited that you know, of our revenue, 50% last year came from repeat purchases and our consumers are shopping on our website two times more than industry average. And so I think that's a really big testament to the kind of products that are differentiated that we have on our website.
0: That was Alicia Yoon of Peach and Lily. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune into Bloomberg Business Week Radio Live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street Time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser.
1: And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.